Welcome back to the Dream On Podcast. Today's episode is from February of 2022 at the Dream On Conference, where our very own Joyce Peak led a breakout session titled Dream On and On and On. Joyce is sort of our resident grandmother here at Dream On. She's been on many of our international trips and always does an amazing job looking after our team wherever we go. Joyce is full of wisdom and doesn't often speak up or say a lot, but whenever she does, you know it's something powerful. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Well, it's nice to meet all of you and thank you for coming to this session. I kind of renamed it Dream On and On and On and On because I didn't really, I didn't think in in perspective of how that sounded. You're you're never too old to dream. (laughs) So I think old in the age is kind of a relative term. Um, I told somebody recently, I identify as a (laughs) 45-year-old. It seems like the world's gone crazy with saying you are what you think you are. So I said, I I think I'm 45. (laughs) So, but... Thank you for coming to this session. Um, and wasn't Ashley's talk so wonderful? Just so many points there that she made that uh, was just really so good. Uh, one of my favorite points that she made was that your dream that you have is a sacred thing and a treasure, and therefore the enemy's going to come after it. You are a target. So I think that was just a, for me, out of that, her talk, that was one thing that really struck me. So for any of you all, is there anything that struck you really strongly? Well, going along with you said, just knowing that the dream we think, ah, here we go, and it's all just going to be, but to realize it makes you look back at uh-huh. things in your own life where it's been tough and hard, uh-huh. and and after hearing her talk, which we should not but it makes you think, oh, okay, I yeah. see that. It's not over. Right. You know, God's using that. So she's saying that the, the concept of how we face dreams is, oh, it's like beautiful roses and pink, and we're just kind of carrying on along like this, and it's going to be smooth sailing, and yet we find that when we enter into that process of dreaming and trying to work it through, that we meet a lot of obstacles. For sure. So uh, as I was thinking about this topic and uh, thinking about aging, so I looked up some things about productivity of, of senior adults. And I was, I don't think I was surprised, but it was maybe nice to see it in print that between ages 60 and 70 is one of the most productive periods of life. So doesn't that sound pretty awesome? (laughs) It said that uh, uh, we as as seniors, and that's why I put up a fall picture. I'm going to call it the fall season of our life. Does that sound better than aging? (laughs) So in the fall, so when I say in the fall, that's what I'm talking about, the fall season of our life. And um, of course, uh, living in Tennessee, the fall season is usually just so beautiful for us to have, you know, lots of trees and mountains where you can see them so strongly. But um, productivity, it's just refreshing to me to, to learn that, you know, I'm kind of in that age range right now, but they said that uh, us, uh, all of us who in the fall season of our life are more productive, 
uh, that we are more consistent with our work. In other words, they took some people who were doing some sort of a task and compared it with younger people doing the same task and uh, like even production work. The fall group was able, was their work was more consistent. Over here, they would do over and over the right things, whereas over here in the younger generation, they would find, you know, outliers and things that fell out of the production line that weren't right. So we're more consistent. That's good. Yeah. Good plus, right? More reliable. Do we call into sick every time the wind blows? No. You know, we get up and go to work. Um, I'm a nurse and. Uh, I was telling somebody, I said, I've worked here for 20 years and I have not called in sick one single day. And they're like, what? I said, that says two things. I either am very healthy or I just come to work sick. <laughs> uh, which I was guilty of that once or twice, but I called my boss and we had an outlier office and I said, can I go to the, to the satellite office and work by myself today because I have pneumonia? <laughs> so she said, yes. So anyway, but I'm saying we're more reliable. You know, are we going to show up on time? Are we going to follow through with our commitments? You know, we, we have some wisdom with our years, and so therefore we tend to be a little bit more reliable. Um, there was one other thing. Let me see what it said. Uh, it's on my next slide. More reliable, more consistent, more productive. So three things that we are. So my history with Dream On is... Um, my son lived in Botkins and went to church at OBM and kind of got involved with Ben and Jordan. And as this five years ago when the Dream On ministry started, uh, he went with them to Honduras and did a lot of video work. He came home thrilled to death and he was going to go back and live there for three or four months and teach audiovisual skills to, to the young men that were in the church there. So I was like, I've traveled some, I've done six medical missions, two evangelical missions, trips. Um, so, and I, have, and I have since been to Honduras twice. So a little bit of travel there. So I was like, yes, go, it'll be such good experience for you. And so it kind of worked out that he never did that. The Lord had a different plan for him, which was great. But when the trips came up for Honduras, I said, I've got to go meet this guy who inspired you so much to even be willing to, to move to Honduras for a couple of months. So I met Wilmer, who's the dreamer. I met Ben and Jordan, great dreamers and so just kind of this whole thing has just captured me to say I want to be part of this and so um, this the last Honduras trip I didn't think I was going to get to go um, because I had some caregiving issues and I finally just said just don't just count me out I'm not going to be able to go and so two weeks before they were to leave that situation cleared. Um, my father-in-law actually passed. And so as part of my grief care for myself, I called and I said, is there still room to go? I want to go. So, so I was able to do that. So that is my history. And um, a couple of years ago, whenever I was listening to their podcast, when I first started getting involved with Dream On, and I was going like, if they ever asked me to do a podcast, what would be my topic? And I thought, well, I could do You're Never Too Old to Dream. Yeah, that's what I would probably talk about. So when Jordan called me about a month ago and said, hey, would you do a session? And I was like, 
well, what do you want me to talk about? He said, you're never too old to dream, so here we are. <laughs> but I want you all to say, why do, you, why do you think our age group is more productive? I mean, I kind of covered a few things. Yes. I think sometimes um, we have, again, the morning, um, I've grown up, but I think sometimes like, we put our dreams on the back sometimes. Yeah. We have a little bit more freedom. We're kind of freed up. I mean, you know, I, I don't regret a single minute of taking care of my, my parents and my in-laws. Uh, that is just one of the most precious things I've done. But yet, you know, finishing that task freed me up, literally, to be able to do more things. So, you know, God had a, has a season for us. And even in this fall season, we can start to dream. Anybody else? Some ideas of why, why are we as more productive in this age group? No, I don't want to yeah. More dependable. More dependable. I think it's just the way we were raised. We weren't raised with technology, and we had to do what we had to do to survive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No cell phones where you could no. figure out where people are. They just went off on a trip and you said, yeah. have a good time. And you did something for ourselves. We had to go out and get a job and work for it. Exactly. You know, take a day off and go, oh, well, I'm, you know, my, I have a hangnail or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Know? So all these characteristics are great things for dreamers. They really are. So I'm going to talk a minute about recognizing our dream because I think that's a, a really big part of where we start. And a lot of my talk, I felt like Ashley just kind of covered it. And I was standing up there uh, doing the video camera and I was like, oh my, oh man, what am I going to talk about my group? Because she's already done it all. But there's one, there's one concept that the Lord kind of brought to me on this. How do we recognize our dream? And I have met so many people who said, I'm waiting for the Lord to call me. And I'm like, Okay, what does that look like for you? Well, you know, it's like a bolt of lightning that will strike one day, and then I will know that that's the Lord's will, and that's what He wants me to do. And so meanwhile, they're sitting on the pew, and they're waiting for the bolt of lightning. They're waiting for the bolt of lightning, and the pew is getting warmer and warmer because they're waiting and they're waiting. And one day the Lord said, seeing the need is the call. Oh my goodness, is that not just mind-breaking to think? You know, have you ever just been walking somewhere, uh, maybe it's the nursery, or you say, man, they need, they need a couple more workers. What if, what if our church body could be taught that when they see that need, that's the Lord bringing it to them to say, action. You know, you saw that I've opened your eyes to this need and that is the call. Get up off the pew and, and walk in your calling. But we blind ourselves sometimes to recognizing exactly what the need is. So I propose we, you know, we be taught that a little bit more because the need is the call. The need is the call. And if we talk to Ben and Jordan, so many times when they've go, gone to Honduras, they'll sit down with Wilmer and say, what do you need? 
And so we begin to see those needs or to even ask what those needs are. And as we see what the need is, the Lord is opening that up to say, there's your dream. So we don't have to have this lightning bolt, grandiose. We can just be basically that, you know, we to see that need. So we often don't see those possibilities because we're not looking for them. Um, in my work as a nurse, you know, I started out my day, um, I would see, I'm a hospice nurse, so I saw patients at home. And I would get in my car every day and I'd say, Lord, help me to be at the right house at the right time. Because all my patients were sick and I didn't know which one to see first and which one needed me the worst and, you know, things like that. So I would say, help me to be at the right house at the right time. And so it was like setting my vision to be open to, know, to knowing what I needed to do. I can't tell you how many times that prayer was answered. I would pull up in the driveway and the one lady was, you know, standing on the porch. There you are. I need you right this minute. <laughs> and, you know, it was just it, the Lord orders our steps whenever we start to open our eyes to the possibilities. Um, um, I've started, I did some painting classes as part of my mental health and, um, and just being able to put, trying to put something on canvas changed my perspective when I'm driving through a field and I see a fence row, I'm looking at the shadows, I'm looking at the highlights, I'm looking at the colors because I've been exposed to this. I start looking at things differently. Um, um, Another example is uh, my son edits these videos where he's doing all this taping for us. And so he'll call me in and he'll say, hey, mom, look at this. See what you think. Do you think this is better, that better? Where should I cut? Blah, 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 blah. And so he's ruined movies for me. <laughs> I go to the movies and I'm going like, her hair is different on that screen. They didn't, that, you know, the continuity is off right here, you know. <laughs> but, you know, it's changed my vision because I've opened my eyes to possibilities. So I think a lot of times uh, we are blind to our dreams because we're just kind of, maybe we're once again sitting there on that pew waiting for the light boltening lightning bolt to hit us whenever we, if we just approach it with, just like me driving, help me to be at the right house at the right time. Help me to see today who needs ministered to. Dreams don't have to be something gigantic. It can be today's dream. Have you ever started your day saying, Lord, there's somebody I'm going to run in today that needs uh, your touch, your love, a word, Yesterday, I got a haircut. It was the beautician behind the chair. So I, I started a story with her, and her story was just heartbreaking. And I said, the Lord's angel was with you in that moment. So if we open our eyes to possibilities, we start our day and say, Lord, give me the dream for today. You know, and, and then even as we start dreaming, just like as I started painting or as I started helping edit the video, the experience of one dream, even a small one, gets us started more towards more dreams as we go along. So we often don't see possibilities because we're just not looking for them. So let's discuss some barriers to dreaming. So you mentioned one a few minutes ago, Jennifer, about you know raising children is a kind of a barrier. We don't have the freedom to do that. What are some other barriers? 
You just lose sight because of things that happen in your life. Yeah. And even as us in the fall season, um, what are some things specifically to us as as seniors? I'm going to speak just because I'm a little under the fall season. Okay. Um, but I've watched my parents, um, like, and where I'm at currently, I've raised my kids, but now I'm mama and I'm babysitting while they're working, so I'm home there. But then I watch my parents, like you, take care of their parents. So I'm finding young before I'm getting there, you're really never out of the caregiving season. So you always have to adjust and be open because if we just say, oh, one day it'll happen, I'll be free. I watched till my parents, both sets, till they lost their parents. It's not gonna happen. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So where do we adjust to fit into that? So the, the barrier is probably always gonna be there. There's always gonna yeah. be a barrier. And so it's just Maybe. being able to, caregiving, um, health issues. You know, a lot, of, a lot of times people have health issues that they just say, you know, I'm not healthy enough to, to do this dream. Uh, so, Amanda? Maybe it's like you're in retirement and maybe if you didn't plan financially there, you're saying, oh, well, now I'm living on X amount of dollars. I don't really have the extra to give or to put forth. Right. That's on my list. Financial concerns. You know, man, financial concerns right now with the cost of food and, you know, inflation is just, you know, you walk through and I had a cauliflower for almost $6 and you're like, what? You know, so there's concerns there about our future and what we're going to be able to do even to take care of ourselves, much less take some of that capital and put it to our dreams. So, yeah, that's a, a valid concern. Anybody else think of a barrier that... Opposition in world. Pardon me? Opposition in general. Yes, opposition in general. Yeah. And, you know, like uh, Ashley's, that one thing that came to me, the enemy will always come after our dreams. Yes. That was a that was a big one for me. And what about, like she said, people will just think it's crazy. What in the world are you doing? You are too old to be doing X, Y, Z. You know? Other people, the, the barrier that you, like you said, the opposition. What people think you're just crazy. Um, you know, it's just wild dreams, but dreams are contagious. I mean, sitting in there listening to that, you're like, yes, yes, yes. You know, we start to hear these encouraging things and it gets contagious. Um, but And they can challenge us beyond our capabilities. So going back to say, well, you know, can I really climb a ladder and do this or can I really <laughs> you know there's lots of things that are capabilities it's it's kind of scary to have these wild dreams um, so we just need to expand and kind of focus on those little dreams but um, also we can once we share a dream so you all wrote that down on your paper she gave you a little card. That was what I was, uh, I, as I was preparing, I said, I know what I'll do. I'll have them get out a paper and write that on there. And two minutes later, she said, get out that little card on your seat. <laughs> and Man, I can't do that either. <laughs> but it's important to, once we get that dream, even small ones, to be able to write it down because it becomes black and white. And it's kind of nails a little bit of 
permanence to it. You know, when we're even making just general decisions, if we do a, a pros and cons list on paper, because our brain just, it just gets in this big old cycle loop of things that we just think of things. But when we write them down on a pro and con paper, then it helps us to define where, where are the things that we need to do. But if we take that written down and then take it one step further and share it with a trusted friend. Now that's a big word there. <laughs> to that trusted friend, because if you have a true trusted friend, they're not going to go like, that's stupid. <laughs> <laughs> they're at least going to listen to you and say, let me pray about that a day or two and get back with you. But a trusted friend, once we begin to share that with someone, it kind of takes it out of our head. We take it out of our head onto the paper. And then when we start to share it with that next person, we begin to move it forward to make it just feel a little bit more concrete. So I'm going to say there's two types of dreamers. And one is, uh, is, is a dreamer, just like it sounds. Uh, Proverbs 29, 18 says, without a vision, the people perish. So have, have y'all heard that verse before? So, you know, our, our pastors, we feel like they have a vision for the church. You know, first of the year, he usually comes, he or she comes out with a visionary sermon, you know, to say, here's my vision for us as a group of people. So we need dreamers. And there are some people who are just plain old gifted at it, where they can, it's just, that's part of their gift in working with these dreams. And so they're just true dreamers, true visionaries. I read um, a story about biographical about Orville and Wilbur Wright. And so somebody asked them, what is your secret to success? And they said two things. We had good parents and we were born in Ohio. <laughs> well, I've got 50% chance of being successful, and most of you all have 50% chance as well, because <laughs> you're here, you know. But I can't tell you how many times I come to Ohio and I listen to somebody, and they, as they start talking, there's just an entrepreneurial spirit in your state that I admire. And it's just like somebody who learned how to do something, and all of a sudden they said, oh, so I'm going to make it a business. I'm going to do that. La, la, la. They take that capability, that small, and they just run with it. Those are true dreamers. So, you know, hey, you're living in the best state to be a dreamer. <laughs> you didn't even know it, maybe. Um, the Bible says, uh, you know, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So as we begin to become dreamers, we are implementing the faith that God gives us and it begins to grow up in us. And it's the things not seen that as we start working through our faith that those things can become real. So that is the power of one. That dreamer kind of comes up with a dream, he throws it out there and it just catches fire. It's contagious and it just, it just goes. Um, when I was in Honduras this last time, they asked me to, we, they asked me to, to be part of the women's conference. I thought it was gonna be this little, like you all, just a kind of ladies group. It turned out to be over 400 ladies. Wow. And so uh, it was 
pretty, a pretty good challenge. But this was my topic, the power of one, of how God can take one person and just and use them and affect not their city, their town, their country. And there's so many examples through the Bible of people who were the power of one who just started and they went with it and they made such a huge effect. So we can, um, so, so name some people you all can think of out of the Bible who you would say one person and they're, because they were courageous and bold and did something that great things happened. Oh. Esther. Es Esther, yes, she was on my list. David. David. He stood up to the job. He was courageous. Nehemiah. Nehemiah. Um, Ruth. Uh, and you can look up Aaron uh, in Korah, K-O-R-A-H. That story is just amazing. Aaron was 90 years old, and yet Moses said, run and get a coal off of the altar and bring it back. Now, would you ask a 90-year-old to go? <laughs> a plague is coming. You know, God got mad, and God sent a plague, and, it, and the people are just dying like a little wave, you know, across. And Moses is like, Aaron, go run. He's like, I'm 90 years old. Go run. <laughs> See, so you all think you're too old to dream. No, Aaron took the dream of Moses, and, you know, off he went. So the power of one, but that's a good story for you to look up. But then there's the power of more, and I call them the dream doers. So if you don't feel like you have the dream yourself, then find somebody who has a dream and be the person who makes their dream come true. You know, when I give tithes and it goes, or offerings and it goes to the missions field, you know, I think we're promised that we are part we have part of the reward for being for supporting that missions. Do you all do you all believe that way? I do. So if we help somebody else accomplish their dream, that dream becomes our dream. I firmly believe we will be rewarded for being the doer. I mean, this whole conference might have been somebody's idea, but how many workers did you see here this morning making it what it is? Yes. So don't discount, oh, I have to be, God has given me this gigantic, crazy thing. Maybe he gave it to this person and he's calling you, opening your eyes to the need, helping you to see that, that that is the need for me to make this whole dream happen. So the power of more is exponential. It's, it's just exponential. You know, dreamers need our years of wisdom. They need our steady state. Um, they need our life experiences. When I, when I go to Honduras, I don't feel like I'm doing that much. But they all say, oh, we have to have you go. You're like mom. And I'm just really hugging on people and patting them on the back and saying, you're doing a good job. You know, I don't feel like I'm doing anything. But yet, that's not the perception. If you're if they're over here doing and you're over here supporting, yes. that's huge. How many times have you done something? You're out on the limb by yourself, and then when you look back and somebody's holding on to you, you know you know you can do it. 
So don't discount being a dream doer because that helps us to be part of the dream. So that's, how do y'all feel about that? Does that strike? I see a lot of heads nodding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can be a dreamer. If I can't be the dreamer, I can be the dream doer. I, I used to call it dream enabler, but enabler is kind of not a very positive context these days. <laughs> so I kind of like the dream doer, you know, because this, I mean, after all, this is the do team, right? <laughs> yeah. So as a younger person, as she's talking about this, I, I will encourage you to do that, to be that person, because I know for us, being part of the dream team, like, we need that. We need your wisdom. We need your um, life experiences as you're talking about. Like, take it, take my words as someone younger that you're not just, we want you there. We don't not want you there. We want your experience. We want your encouragement. We need, you know, you're maybe longer in your faith, and that's something that we definitely need as, you know, younger Christians. You know, it is needed. You mm-hmm. are needed. <laughs> We will always have dream doubters. Like I said, when you pick that trusted friend to share your dream with, you know, don't pick a doubter, somebody who always thinks that you're going to fail or whatever, because we will always have a doubter somewhere. Um, And so what do we say to people when they they give us these doubts and roadblocks? Step over them. (laughs) Step over them. (laughs) Keep going. What'd you say? Tell God's got this. God's got this. You know, he can build an assurance in our heart that we're on the right path. And so, you know, the enemy will always try to distract us. He will always try to get us off. Um, I was going to tell this at the end, share one of my, my own dreams, and that was to do a Western tour. I wanted to go see the Pacific. My father-in-law did that when he was my age. And so all my life, it's like, when I get that age, I want to do that too. So we took, I did, and, and so that that dream developed, and it was like, when when am I ever going to take, It's it, that's just too big, too far out, too, too expensive. I had lots of roadblocks that told me I shouldn't do it. And so finally one day I just said, okay, we're going the 1st of May. I just set a date and started working diligently towards it. So I had 35 days that we were gone traveling, but it wasn't until day 16 or so that I saw anything that I had planned. I had trouble with the brakes on my vehicle, uh, which took us five or six days. And then the vehicle had another problem, which turned out to be super minor. But in the meantime, the my father-in-law had said, girl, if that truck breaks down, rent a car and keep going. <laughs> so I discovered renting a car was just as cheap as what I had been doing. So we rented a car, kept going. I had another big obstacle that took up over a week of my time. And I came to a point where I was the doubter. And I said to my husband and my son, I said, let's just, let's just go home. This is crazy. Everybody told me it was crazy. They're right. Let's just go. And my son, John, said, no, Mom, we've got to keep going forward. And so we did. And from that point forward, it was where the precious memories happened, you know. I would say probably for like a dream doubter, like 
people that um, you know, your dreams and stuff, maybe encourage them to have dreams, um, because sometimes maybe they don't, um, and maybe they don't have that encouragement in their life, but maybe instead of it turning into bad situations for them, maybe encourage them to have even small dreams and or bigger dreams. So mm-hmm. I would say, I think that's very good. Yeah. So she was saying that when those doubters come to turn that around and make it an encouragement moment for them, we, you know, we don't know what their life situation was that that put them in that in that spirit of doubt. And, and instead of being frustrated with them, see it as a moment to encourage them or, and, you know, uh, get them to be a dream doer to come alongside your own dream and find room for them include them in what you're doing rather than trying to. So that's very good. So after we kind of develop this, we want to kind of assess, you know, what's the feasibility of this dream uh, and start making some plans. So we get out that piece of paper and we start writing down just a few things. Well, what would it take for, for this to happen? You know, as Ashley talked about the story of Noah, he, you know, he had to say, okay, how much lumber? Well, God even gave him that direction and said, this is how much lumber. So he had to go and start figuring out where to get it and pull it all together. So we need to do the same thing to start, um, a, a, take that written dream that we've made and start making some, what, what are the first, second, third steps? How do I get there? Um, so it begins to solidify that dream. So, have any of y'all ever done that? To take, you've got something you're planning, and you make a to-do list. Like, you know, you, us ladies have a recipe. We we get out all the ingredients. Um, you guys are, you know, you go down to get your car worked on. You've got a list for them of what you what maintenance things you want them to do. You know, so we, we're accustomed to making to-do list, shopping list, grocery list. So our dream list being written down some of those assessments and plans gets us going on the road. This is one of my favorite sayings. As far as I know, I'm the one who made it up. But the dread (laughs) is worse than the deed. So how many times have you just said, ah, I need to do such and such. Ah, I need to do such and such. And finally, when you do it, it took you five or ten minutes. And you're like, that was so easy. Why did I put it off for so long and dread it when the because the dread gets to be worse than the deed. So that's an encouragement as we're assessing and planning and not to stop there at that level to say, okay, well, all right, you know, here's my plan, but but don't dread any of those steps, but get, begin to know and knowledge that one one step ahead, one thing on that list doing is easier than you think it is. So there's good dreams and there's perfect dreams. So I tend to be a little bit of a perfectionist and it's like, oh, this, yeah, I'm doing this, but I can't, I can't finish it yet because it's not done. Do any of y'all fall into that category? And so meanwhile, whatever I was doing it for, the event or comes and goes, and I never finished it. You know, how many 
uh, unfinished quilts do I have to sew? How many, you know, how many projects are waiting because I'm waiting for perfect when good would do just fine. So don't let, you're, you're striving for perfection. I'm not going to say, you know, give up on excellence, but I'm going to say don't let perfection keep you from being, to, from making that dream possible. Because we can, we can. And I just come to thought, because like someone that doesn't have your gift, would be complete. I think that's lavished. You know, you're lavished with that gift. And wow, it's an inspiration. Like, I can't make a quilt. So when I see it, I don't know that there's a stitch off. I don't know that the pattern isn't. I just think this is remarkable. What a beautiful gift. Mm -hmm. And so for someone else, your dream and your good. Right. It's not perfect. So she's saying that, you know, like, you know, that my good might be perfect for somebody else. They're not going to see the imperfections that I see. And so to, to, to not get stumbled up with those, with those imperfections because somebody else may not even know that they're there. We're hard on ourselves sometimes. But, you know, I can always find something that would be better, should have, would have. But, you know, just kind of keep those to yourself because the person that you're, that that dream is with, um, we can use those things to maybe improve it the next time we use it. But don't let perfection stumble you up in doing good things. And I would say that's a roadblock for someone who needs the blessing. Yeah. It's a roadblock. You, that could be a, definitely be a roadblock. So dream reminders. And these are along the way. It's good to come back to that original dream and look at it again to say, okay, this is where this is what we had planned. Where am I with that? And, and then kind of reassess and keep going. So dream reminders are, are there. Uh, and then when the dream is completed, we really should have a celebration. We should create something. And that's what today is. You know, we're celebrating five years of ministry. Is that not just amazing that they have built four churches in, in these five years? Five years. And one of the churches we dedicated on this last trip. We had the dedication ceremony. The mayor came. They had pastors from about 15 churches and their wives up on stage, and they gave them all gifts. It was this gigantic celebration of, of the new church that had been built. So um, it's just it's a way to just say, you know, to really give God the glory for what has been done. So um, some Bible dreamers I had in my list. It was so funny because, you know, we all think of the one that Ashley thought of, J Joseph, but she really broke it down even further than I've heard before. So that was really awesome. Who are some other maybe fall season dreamers that we know of in the Bible? Anybody else can think of some? What was that word? Dreamers that were in the Bible. Biblical dreamers. I think of Hannah, who was, you know, too old to have children. You know, she dreamed of having a child and dedicated, you know, Samuel. And what a wonderful, you know, judge he turned out to be for the land of Israel. 
Any others? I don't know. I even think of Ruth. Ruth? Yeah. Yes. Simplicity of caring for her mother-in-law. You know, mm -hmm. and where you go, I'll go. Your God's mm -hmm. my God. And how she cared for her mm -hmm. and what, how God moved in that mm -hmm. situation. And so Boaz sees her. Do you all know who Boaz's grandmother is? Yeah, that's... Um, Rahab. Yeah. Yes. Rahab. Mm -hmm. Yes. Who said, I'll take care of these strangers. Taught her grandson, take care of the strangers. Yes, that's what Nehemiah. Huh? Nehemiah. Nehemiah. Thank you. That's who we're going to talk about. You, you get the prize. <laughs> Do you want a mint for your prize? <laughs> that is exactly who we're going to talk about. I told you about my dream experience. Um, but Nehemiah, uh, if you look in, his, in the book of Nehemiah, I don't know where our time is. 11.10, when am I supposed to be finished? Like 11? 11.40. Okay, okay. So in Nehemiah, uh, so I'm going to kind of go back, if you can think through our slides, that I have taken everything I've put that we've talked about so far and picking it out of Nehemiah's experience. Of course, Nehemiah was, uh, he was a captive in Babylon. And so someone came to him with a letter and that described the shape of the city of Jerusalem. And it just broke his heart. He cried and cried for days. And so he was a cupbearer. And so he goes in to the king and the king says, what's wrong with you? You're always such a happy guy. And are you sick? And he's like, oh, no, king, I'm not really sick, but I'm just I'm, I'm in deep mourning for my city. You know, I've been away for all this time and now I'm finding out it's all broken down. And he saw the need and heard the call. So that's what we well, that's what we learned at the beginning, right? He heard he saw the need of the city and he said, "Can I please go back and and go back to my city? Would you give me a give me a leave of absence from my work so I can go back? I'll come I'll come back and serve, continue to serve you. I just need a little time to take care of my my homeland." And so um, that was his dream was birthed at that moment whenever he said to the king, here's my dream. I want to go back and I want to build the walls for my city. So if, you're, if, if, if you want some references on that, Nehemiah 1 verses 3 through 4 is when he saw the need. Nehemiah 2 verses 4 through 5 is when he birthed that dream and began to and said it out loud. And then as he got there, Nehemiah 2 verses 11 through 15, he decided, I've got to assess and see what the plan is. He went out late at night on a donkey. He didn't dress up like he made himself obscure so he could see just how bad it was. He traveled all the different gates. A couple of them he couldn't get through because the rubble was so bad his donkey couldn't couldn't navigate. He went on up the Kidron Valley and he assessed the whole wall and he came back and and so he met with all the leaders and said, "Hey, this is what's going on and here's our plan." So he did the same things that we talked about. He assessed and he planned in chapter 2, verses 11 through 15. 
And then in Nehemiah 2, verses 17 through 18, he shared that plan with all of those officials. He said, here's the plan that I think we should do. There were the dream doubters, if you remember, Sanballat, Tobiah, and there was a third guy, I don't remember his name offhand. But oh, they just, they caused such ruckus. They sent letters and said, hey, meet us over here and we'll kind of, we'll, we'll become pals. No, you're not. You're going to, you're, you want me to go over there so you can kill me when I'm away from the city. Um, they, they sent all these different uh, skirmishing armies to camp outside the city and watch them. And so, you know, the people had to divide in families to build the wall. They held a, they held a sword and one weapon in one hand and a trowel in the other. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so all along, Nehemiah kept saying, we're going to build the wall. We're going to build the wall. He would have dinners with about 150 leaders, sometimes their wives and children, and feed them all. I mean, the last time I tried to have dinner for 25 seemed like a lot, but to feed 150, potentially 300 people, and he's trying to, here's the dream, here's the dream, come along, I'm the, I'm, here's the dream, you're the doers, you know, let's, let's coordinate this plan, and he kept it going, he kept it going, he dealt with those doubters, uh, he dealt with the doers, and then there's a couple spots where he had dream reminders that I mentioned in Nehemiah 4 and verse 4 is a reminder in Nehemiah 4 and verse 14 he was and he was it was prayers he said Lord you know I came here to do good I want to put this city back together it's my hometown but we're having all of these all of these these doubters and roadblocks that come up in the way but we know Lord that you have given us this dream and you're going to see us through to the end so he kept reminding himself reminding the people and reminding God that we they were all on a on a good road and a good path and then when the when the wall was completed in chapter in Nehemiah chapter 8 there's this gigantic celebration he calls Ezra and says get out the law of Moses and read it so he stands up Ezra stands up and he reads the entire law of Moses so that's like Genesis 6 Leviticus numbers Deuteronomy is that five the five chapters have you ever sat down to read all five of those books at one time this last November after I got back from Honduras I rented a cabin and I decided to read the Bible all the way through in eight days and I did it I don't recommend that because it's hard. That was like nine hours of Bible reading a day. Wow. A lot of it was standing up. A lot of it was out loud. But the point here is that the people stood for that whole law of Moses. And when they finished, they went, woo Let's go out to dinner. Does that sound like about noontime on Sunday? <laughs> we just heard the word of God. Let's go celebrate. And so the wall was finished. They had a great big old celebration. Choirs that went around one way and went around the other. When they met in the middle, they all hooped and hollered and had a wonderful celebration to say, the dream is finished. Do you know how many days it took? Does anybody remember? 52 days. 52. Our modern technology. Do you think anybody could build 
a wall around Jerusalem in 52 days. Not with OSHA. <laughs> Is that not just a miracle all by itself? They did not have a crane, a lift, a, you know, fancy concrete. But they built this wall in 52 days. It deserved celebration. So that was Nehemiah. So, um, a couple of other dreamers, let's see. Oh, I guess it closed me out. Um, I read about a 64-year-old woman who swam from Cuba to Florida. Wow. Not me. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. <laughs> 64. That's a, that's a little tiny bit younger than me, but I still, uh, that's uh -huh. kudos to her dream, right? Right. Yeah. Um, there was a 76 year old uh, MIT uh, leader of technology, leader of technology, got this big reward for being the leader. A 76 year old, now we usually think technology being like, like my son, you know, <laughs> in his 40s, but no, she's 76. And she got the were, that's pretty impressive. Um, so there are lots of examples. I have a niece who at age 54 learned to fly. Uh, well, she was already a pilot, but she'd taken a long break. So she went back to the airlines as a pilot. She is right now in training for the 747s. Wow. And at 56, I think it is, she will be flying. She went age 54 to 56. Wow. Being able to fly the biggest airplane that flies. So that's not quite our my fall season, but she's getting close. <laughs> so do you all know some people who you would say, you know what? They they pulled it off in their fall season. Do y'all know anybody? Yeah, there's a man that scaled the face of El Capitan Mountain free, no ropes, no safety harnesses, but he climbed up literally with his fingers and toes Wow! through the stone face of El Capitan Mountain. Wow. Many years it took him. He mapped it, too. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to think of the oldest person who finished the Appalachian Trail. And there's lots of uh, accolades on that one. Some of it's like uh, the one who finished it the fastest, the one who finished it the oldest, and it, it's it's up there, 70, 60, 70 years old, 80, you know. The spiritual side, Martin Luther certainly would be a dreamer. Martin Luther. The birth of the Reformation. The birth of the Reformation. So we're in good company with people who say, I can't do it by myself, but I can do it with God's help. And that's really where this all comes back to is that, you know, I am not enough. You know, when they when they posted this and said, I'm an international speaker, I went, what? That's crazy. <laughs> They've been breathing some helium to <laughs> inflate that balloon. <laughs> but, you know, there's a certain amount of even speaking today I was nervous about. 
But that nervousness says, I'm not enough, but God is. Amen. That's good. So to say, this dream that I have, I can't do it. And you're right. Because we don't have the strength, we don't have the knowledge without Him. Amen. He is the completer and the finisher of our faith. And so our faith that we said is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. But faith without works is dead. So we take that and all, and we kind of encompass all of that and say, you know, with God, I am enough. Without Him, I can't do anything. He is the very breath that I have. He's the very life that I have. He is my sustainer. He will get me through hard times. And why do I know that? Because He has. He is, and He will. You know, we the whole Bible, our whole story of Nehemiah is for today to encourage us to say, you know, because God did in 52 days the impossible, it would be impossible in our day with our technology. How impossible was it for them in that time frame? But with God, those things became possible. So all this boils back down to we can know all the parts and we can know how to put it all together. But if we don't latch on up here, then the purpose of it and the completion of it is not nearly as full as it can be. So I want you all to take your little card that you filled out in the there and just kind of look at it. Are there some things up here that we've learned today through this, you know, seeing the need? Is there a need that the Lord has opened up to you? Can you look at what you wrote in there and say, is this, is this what God opened my eyes to? Is this the need and that's the call and that's now my dream? Or look at it and say, can I assess and plan? Make some, write down a few things, right? That, actually, that would be a good thing to do to your card to say, let me assess and plan just a few things. And does anybody need a pen or something to write with? And what can I do? What are the roadblocks? You can even write some of those roadblocks to say, what are the roadblocks? That's part of our assessment and our plan is that I'm going to have this roadblock and this roadblock. Or I need to do this and I need to do that. And you can even plan your celebration. You can say, when I get this done, I'm going to write a book. <laughs> you know, I don't know. <laughs> I'm going to put together a picture album of my, con you know, how it came together. I would say, too, like, it's okay like, to have a huge dream or, like, um, a huge coverage. It's okay to not ever accomplish that dream, but it's also important to say, okay, just because I didn't accomplish XYZ, I can still have a dream of other things that I can go attempt to do all right. Yes. I can just encourage people to, it's okay if you don't ever accomplish that climbing up a mountain. You know, it, it might not be what really, just because I dream something doesn't mean God wants me 
Sometimes we, uh, and she's saying that we don't have to, just because we don't finish the dream to the level we had, doesn't mean we failed. We need to push on to say, you know, this is, even doing the steps, each and every step is an accomplishment that we can even celebrate with our reminder to say, Lord, you brought me this far, and this is super. Um, I'll tell you about a patient I had. Her dream was to travel. She had all these wonderful travel dreams, and she found out she had cancer and was just so devastated that her dreams of travel were never going to come true. So uh, one of um, the home health aide who comes in and gives a bath uh, you know, a couple times a week learned about this, and I, was just, I just thought this was just the most precious thing. She went to the library got several books on Spain. And when she went to give the bath, the whole time they talked about the weather in Spain, what they were gonna eat, what it looked like. They traveled in those books. And so the next time she comes, she'd bring another country. And so this, I just thought it was the most precious thing for this girl to take the time to say, hey, your dream, Maybe it didn't. Maybe it didn't get accomplished the way you thought it was. Yeah. But you know, we can do this and still give you the ability to. So she traveled in her dreams. Her dream was to travel, and she traveled in her dreams. So that's a, that's a very good thought to create extra ways to. That first assessment and plan might have a road this way, but we might have exits. We might have a detour. And we may find on the exit and detour that that was the real destination all along. God doesn't always tell me, show me where the end is. If you don't know, here's one of my other little sayings. If you don't know what to do, do what you know to do and what you need to do will come to you. What you need to do next. When you don't know what to do, do what you know to do and what you need to know will come to you. There's been several times in my life I'm so, so many roadblocks that I don't know what to do. But I just say, you know what, I know this one step. And so when I go from here to there, then the next step kind of opens up. And I, and I just go one step at a time. So I might have in my head some sort of a goal, but a lot of times I don't always have that. And I have to... Once you get to that second step, you have to pray and for God to give you directions. Yep. So let's just have a word of prayer. I think our time is just about... Is it about time, Amanda? Yeah, we got two minutes. So Heavenly Father, we just thank you so much for this time together that you have, are expanding our borders and our territory. You're challenging us. Uh, you're giving us opportunities to dream. And Lord, we pray that every dream you give us that we will, uh, we will be able to move forward in your paths and your ways. We thank you for the faith that you uh, fill our hearts with. 
and that we might find the evidence of those things not seen and that you would give us strength for the journey that you would open our eyes to the needs and the call that you have upon our lives and that you would sustain us with the strength that we need to do those things we thank you lord for the leaders here and their um, and their dedication to your work and lord we just pray that your dreams will go on and on and on and lord we commit today that we will not stop searching you for all that you would have us to do these things we pray in your name amen so dream on and on and on and on and on <laughs>